This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ben Roethlisberger has a very large head. I just looked over there. Look at his head. So it's, He's it's, like on a Zoom or something Yeah, on it's a not TV the full show. widescreen. It's if you have a cellular phone, you right. have the camera on you. It's that vertical screen. And it's of him, there should be a lot of headroom, but there's not. 80% of that picture is his head. Very large head. It's a big head. A lot of head there for Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Franco Harris, I'm sure, is who he's talking about, I would yeah. imagine. That's too bad uh, that we lost him, and hopefully there'll be celebration about him all weekend long in the NFL. One of the real good guys in football throughout the sports history. Uh, right now, let's give away some Caps tickets. we got a pair to give away now and a pair to give away at 5 o'clock. So let's start uh, right now with a pair of... And let's go caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. You're going to win two tickets to the Caps and the Jets Friday night. This Friday night, two days away, December 23rd, 7 p.m., Capital One Arena. This is courtesy of the Capitals. You can see them live this season with your family and friends to purchase group tickets. Visit washcaps.com slash groups. A great time to get out to the arena here just before the holidays. we got the Wizards and the Commanders on deck and in the hole. We'll be covering those two teams in this Beltway Blitz, but let's get started on the ice. Steve Wino is with us. Seven out of eight for the good guys. How have they turned their season around? Uh, really, a lot of it was TJ Oshie and, and his return from injury, which unfortunately now he is out for at least the next couple of games. But they've gotten a lot of things right, and, and the goaltending's been good. Darcy Kemper, before he got injured, was playing very well. Guys, uh, Charlie Lindgren in eight consecutive starts has been very consistent, and they, they found a recipe to win with this team. It hasn't hurt that Alcibestian scored a bunch of goals either. Is there a – I don't want to say that. What's the right word here, Swano? Thinking of like a thread that could be pulled, though, to, to get them back down to playing where they were before, is there a weakness that you see that might come back to bite them that hasn't here for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, no, it, it is, it's the energy they play with, with T.J. Oshie that, 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 is the, that is the thing that I'm watching for most right now it is because you could see in the first couple of periods against Detroit the other night that the same zip wasn't there for this team. And, and you wonder over a period of time how well this team can deal with injuries, losing depth, Martin Faravari out, now T.J. Oshie out, until we, get, until, uh, until we see T. Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom ready and healthy to contribute again is going to be taking advantage of depth and, and guys like Joe Snively and, and those sort of folks playing as well as possible in the event of, of T.J. Oshie and others not being on the ice. Charlie Lindgren is really good, apparently. I mean, did we know that? Was he supposed to be this good? He's played his butt off. 
Yeah, he, he played really well in a very small sample size for the St. Louis Blues last season in relief. And, and it really was a kind of a, a, a risky move by Brian McClellan to say, we see something in him. But between Brian McClellan and goaltending coach Scott Murray, they did see something in him. Did, did you think he was going to be this good? No, not at all. And that's why Darcy Kemper was the guy. And given the, the five-year contract and, and that long-term commitment, and expected to be the starter. But to see Charlie Lindgren cash in on the opportunity to play is given the Capitals two good goaltenders to ride down the stretch. Preview Ottawa for us tomorrow night. Uh, it, this is a team that, that scores a lot of goals. Uh, a little bit disappointing this year. Uh, they, they go out and, and make a lot of changes in the offseason and, and, and should have been a better team. They added Claude Giroux, out Alex Brinkett as a 40-goal scorer from Chicago. And one of those kind of young, scrappy teams. Uh, a, a tough game for the Capitals, but I, I could say I, could, I would recommend bet the over in a game like this. Steve, who have you liked here recently of the young guys that have stepped up or whose game have you seen kind of elevate that you want to see if they can keep it up? It's amazing how Nicholas Albay-Cubell has been terrific and, and, and a little in and out of the lineup but, and not really expected to do a whole lot. But when he's got an opportunity, he's thrived in, in them so far. And, and even when you have an injury like Nick Dowd goes out or T.J. Oshie goes out, uh, Nick, Nicholas Albay-Cubell claimed off waivers from the Toronto Maple Leafs, has had a couple of assists the other night. He's been good. Sonny Milano and another guy who, when you would have said in August, oh, uh, who's going to be contributing for the Capitals in, in December? And you say these guys like Sonny Milano and Nicholas Albeck-Cubell, uh, I would have been shocked at that point. So I want to thank you, buddy. Have a great holiday. Thanks, guys. You too. Appreciate it, my friend. Hit that basketball center, please, Darius. Everybody who has saw handsome television gentleman from NBC Sports Washington. You can see him on the Wizards broadcast. Wes, the streak is over. They beat the Phoenix Suns on the road. What can you tell us? I feel like Annie Potts in the first Ghostbusters when they first got their contract. You get to scream, we got one. Uh, uh, I, I'm happy right now. We finally stopped the skid, guys. That was a that was a tough 10-game 10, 10 stretch there. But uh, up next is Utah closing out the series. Uh, excuse me, road trip against SAC after that. So now that we're back in the win column, I think everybody can take a deep breath, a sigh of relief. Kyle Kuzma was fantastic. 29, oh, yeah. 6, and 6 in 37 minutes. He's been outstanding, really. All year long. What do you make of how he's playing? Uh, he's playing lights out basketball. And, and it's not just one dimensional in scoring, because obviously that's the point of the game, you know, to put points on the board. But the way that he brings other people along, his assist numbers are up, his rebound numbers are up. Uh, I just love the way that he plays the game. I asked Jason Smith the other night, which one is more dangerous? Is it Kuz attacking downhill or Kuz shooting from behind the arc that is more dangerous? And he's like, he can shoot from anywhere. But the fact that this guy has the agility skill set of a guy that's around 6'4", put into a 6'10 frame, he makes it makes him extremely difficult to deal with. But I love the way that he plays every night. He's fun to watch. Wizards overall, Wes, are still only 24th in three-pointers made per game. I yeah. got to scratch my head at that because you just touched on Kuz, who's having a good year behind the arc. You know Porzingis mm-hmm. can fill it up. He's streaky. Bradley Beal, you know, has been up and down over the last couple of years as a shooter, but still, you know, a catch-and-shoot threat if there ever was one can, can, can get his own. And then you got Corey Kiss. I'm starting to name a bunch of shooters, and they still yeah. don't hit as many threes as you'd think. What's the recipe there? It's a crazy thing because they're learning, and I saw this last night, where in the first half, it was kind of the rule of two. Where And I asked Jason Smith this again. I was like, what's going on? I'm loving the fact that guys are abandoning threes. If you're not hitting the hot hand on threes, stop shooting them. So I saw a couple of guys that were 0 for 2 in the first half, and I'm like, thank you. You're not 0 for 4. You're not 0 for 6. If you're not having a night, attack the rim. Yes, you've got great shooters. Uh, I think coming into last night's game, Kuz is shooting 43% from the last five games. 
Corey Kispers on the season shooting 41% over the 35 that he had last year. You've got the guys that can do it, but it's not going to be there every night, and that's what you want to improve on. You want the consistency because when they're falling, they're falling. Let's look ahead for the Wizards as they try yeah. now to, to get back in the mix here after that skid. They're 8-under 500. As you said, mm-hmm. at least they have stopped the losing for the moment. You got the Jazz 9 o'clock tip tomorrow, and then mm-hmm. the Kings 10 o'clock tip local time on Friday. So you're going to be working late night pre and post over at NBC Sports Washington. But uh, what do we need to know about those teams and those matchups? Uh, when it comes to Utah, the team that started the season strong kind of caught everybody off guard, um, but has come kind of come back to their normal setting, shall we say. Um, so it's going to be a good matchup with them. The high elevation is something you need to pay attention to, and we might see the Lon Wright sighting. I know a lot of people anticipated his return, so we might see him return against the Jazz. When it comes to Sacramento, again, you talk about that late game, and that's the one before Christmas. I want everybody mentally locked in because we get Christmas Eve day and the day after off. And so you want to make sure the guys lock in before it's time to take a nice three-day break. And the first game back after that is Philly at home. So uh, it's going to be a challenge. De'Aaron Fox and those guys out in, in SAC are not anything to overlook. So if the Wiz want to come out of this road trip 500, I think that's extremely positive given the condition of how we went into it. Yeah, I love that Sacramento team. Six guys average double, double digits, and yeah. Darren Fox is an absolute blur on the court. Wes, you're the I'm best, buddy. You. Have a great weekend. Gentlemen, thank you so much, guys. Happy holidays, pal. Hit that commander sounder. That commander. So, buddy, Rick Snyder talking about those commandos. Rick, we're going to kick this around here in a little bit, Grant and I are, but are we not spending enough time and not focusing enough on what this past Sunday's loss to the Giants actually meant big picture? Is the team in year three that's supposed to be gearing up and making some some big moves versus a team that can't even really start their rebuild yet because they're locked into some bad salaries. It's not great that they couldn't beat the Giants despite two cracks at it. Yeah, a little bad luck, you know, on some of that. But they, I thought they lost the game early more than late. Yep. Um, you know, they're at seven wins, and <laughs> we'll see how many more they get. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs or not. That was – I said that was just the big game. Whoever won was two up on the other. But they are fighting for a different playoff card now, the number seven. So I can't say I'm disappointed because the way the season was, I didn't know that they would make the playoffs anyway. So they're kind of playing with house money on that. But, you know, there's still a lot more change for this team to come before they're a real contender. I got to shout my guy Snyder Marks out, Danny. He came to the press box bearing gifts, a wrapped Christmas present for your boy. Look at this. Uh, I think he got tired of me asking to use his binoculars during the game. He hooked me with my own. Little uh, telescope binocular. Rick, is he is he always reaching over for your binoculars? That in my depth chart. I mean, you know, anything near Grant's grasp is this. You know, so <laughs> true. <laughs> well played. You know, I, so I I gave him a monocular. Come on, Grant, you can say it better. Monocular. Monocular. I keep saying binocular, but yes, it's not a binocular. It's like what you look through when you're on the ship trying to see if the pirate spyglass. Exactly. Yeah. But as I as I told Grant. I swear, 80% of the action at FedEx is down the other end of the 50, not in the end by us. It's Always. so true. Yeah, Every game, I feel like the rest of the game's being played opposite where we're sitting. Uh, wanted to ask you, though, about the quarterback situation. It sounds to me like, and you've seen all the comments from Rivera since yesterday, this is maybe Taylor's last shot, whether that's fair or not. He's going to start against... The best defense in the league, arguably, in San Francisco, a game that Washington is not expected or supposed to win. And if he loses, maybe they go back to Wentz. Do you think that's the case? 
I could see Wentz playing in the second half of this game. I think it'd go a certain way. I mean, they're they're desperate now. You can't, you know, you may have to you have to win at least two. And who knows what the Dallas game is? Cleveland's not going to be easy with Deshaun. So if they've got half a chance, they've you know, and and Heineke's not playing real well, you've got to go to Wentz. You know, and we'll sort out in the off season who's coming back. But for now, you're playing for now. And I could see him do. I could see him making a change. I mean, he kind of, he kind of alluded to it. Do you think Carson Wentz is the quarterback here next year? No, no, <laughs> no. How sure are you I don't about know that? Who it is. I mean, ninety-eight percent. All right, let me That's ask you this sure. though, because you just. I want to follow your hypothetical. So let's say maybe he comes in in the second half of a loss to San Fran, and then he starts the last two games. Let's say they win those two games against the Browns, who aren't particularly good. Let's just say the Cowboys rest a bunch of starters at FedEx, and they go 2-0, and they miss the playoffs by a half game or something like that. Still, no to Carson Wentz, even though they could maybe say, see, we've got momentum, he looked fine, we won those two games? Well, I mean, I'm being a little radio-ish for you, but here's the thing. Who's going to decide this? Who owns this team? (laughs) There's so many balls in the air that people don't realize right now that, you know, with with all the pending changes that could come, but I think they come too late in the spring, early summer to change like coaches and GMs and all that. But they're, they're sitting on a major watershed moment again on this franchise and quarterback is going to be another one of them, but I think he's going to cost too much. They'll opt. If the current people are here, they'll opt for Deron Payne instead and keep playing that defensive card. But where are you going to find this quarterback? Can't find him in the draft necessarily. You know, you want to go back to the free agent well again? Good luck with that. You let Taylor, you know, try again. We know where his limitations are. And so are you willing to give Hal the chance, which I doubt. So, man, is this, this is so up in the air. This is perfect for you guys. You get six months to talk about this. Another one juggling. Rick, I want to squeeze this one in. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, Glenn Youngkin, Governor of Virginia, is going to put five hundred grand in the budget in two years from now to study the feasibility of blah, blah, blah. They're trying to they're still make a noise about wanting to get a stadium. A, Political grandstanding. Yeah, that's I, all it is. I think so, too, but it's also just letting everyone know for the record that that's what they want. Everyone seems to think D.C., as soon as Snyder's gone, is right back in play. I don't believe that, and I wonder if you do. I say if, if Jeff Bezos gets this team, 98% it goes to the RFK site. And I wrote a column for the station last Friday. You can look it up where I outlined the path of how Bezos is the right person to bring this team back to RFK, and the city will welcome him with open arms with what he has to give them. So I, Glenn Youngkin's political grandstanding, go ahead, do it. Uh, you know, two years from now when they want to study it, this decision's already made. So when you say political grandstanding, can you? I'm dumb. Just explain what you mean by that. He's wanting, everybody wants to say, I'd love to have the team come here. But not really, <laughs> you know. Okay. But they don't so want to say like they don't want just it. Just saying, like, yeah, we want the team, but he's not going to put his money where his mouth is. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird though because he can't run for re-election, so you know, there's a limit on how much it's worth. But you always want to be the guy that said, "Well, I wanted them to come; they just wouldn't." You don't want to be the guy that said, "Nah," you know. So that's why this is going on. Two years from now, come on to study it. Two years from now, what do they got to study? They already were willing to put up a billion dollars at one point before they finally got their head out of their butt and figured out it was a stupid idea. Why do you want to spend a half million more to figure that out again? <laughs> so do you think Snyder will be able to get public money, or is the answer to that still no? 
That would be for his European soccer league team to decide or something. It ain't going to be this team. There's no way. And this is why I wrote about Bezos. Bezos can bring things to D.C. for the whole community with this stadium. Snyder is saying, it's all mine. Well, they're not going to do that. You know, Bezos, you want grocery stores at the end of town? You got Whole Foods coming in. Stuff like that. He can make other things happen that Snyder won't. And Snyder's going to not have this team. I'm telling you, it's not happening. But is is Dan going to sell to Bezos? I mean, the idea of it, like he supposedly doesn't want to, is it up to him? Probably. Money mends a lot of fences. Listen, every other candidate looks at this team as saying, ooh, that's a good investment. Bezos doesn't need to look at it that way. He can look at the investment into everything. Yes, he's going to make his billion dollars, too. But unlike the other guys, he can give out things to the community. You don't need all that parking lots. I'm sorry. It's not about tailgating. It's about transit. Two metro stops at that site. Things like that. The whole city will benefit from it coming back because years ago when the Redskins played, people ate brunch throughout the city, jumped on the metro, came to the game. Money will rain through the whole city this way. There's so many upsides. I'm telling the mayor to appoint me a special counsel, although I want to be paid, uh, to do this because there is a path to glory here that they're just – and Snyder – Listen, if he's willing to pay that more money, Snyder's going to take that more money. Rick, thank you as always, buddy. Merry Christmas to you, man. We'll talk to you. You too, guys. See you, See you dude. Snyder Marks on social media. Always good to have him on our blitz. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to that stadium. That's right. We're Grant and Danny. You are listening to the fan. You just asked him this question. Let's get into it. Are we talking enough about the magnitude of the loss on Sunday? And just how big of a deal was that setback as it pertains to the Rivera era in this program and where they're at in the big picture in year three. We'll get into that next on GND. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Stretch run of Grant and Danny with you till 6.30 this evening. Just actually, you know what? It's a shorter show. Yeah, don't lie to the people. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I would never do that. We're with you until 6 tonight. We nominally broadcast until 6.30, but we got college hoops on. Virginia Tech basketball takes over in 90 minutes. The Commanders and the Giants Sunday night feels like a major moment in the grand scheme 
of where all this is headed in year three. Because if that is the turning point and they don't make the playoffs, they don't make up for that loss in the final three weeks, which they could still do. You will have now gone back-to-back years under Rivera without missing the playoffs. You will have had a wide-open opportunity in the conference and with a down schedule this year, one of the easiest in football coming into the season. It's going to end up, and you know, it never really finishes how it starts, but it'll end up still being pretty fortuitous when you look at some of the teams you played, when you played them, and you won't have made the playoffs. I just remember back to when... uh, Kirk Cousins had the really bad game, and the Redskins, I guess at the time they still were, uh, had the collapse of sorts against the Giants. Remember when they had taken a lot of their starters out of that game? Of course, yeah. They were just handing it it off. All they had to do was win the game, and they didn't do it, right? It was the end of maybe the 16 season or 17 season, whichever it was. And I feel like it was never the same after that. Not just with how people viewed Cousins, but the team and the Gruden era. Bruce brought it up years later. Yeah. And there are games like that that are just particularly meaningful and have weight, and I wonder if this will end up being one of those. I mean, from the 28th of November until December 18th, for three weeks, the only thing they had to concern themselves with was the Giants. They played them. They had a bye week. They were at home. They had everything going for them. Go back and look at the graphics on the pregame shows. It's that block W for commanders on every graphic. Everyone but Tony Dungy. Picking them, man. And they couldn't do it. And not only that, they were down 14-3. And they scored 12 points. And as an offense, they netted five points in the game. It was one of the most disappointing performances. For Forget for a second how awesome FedEx Field was, how loud it was, how yep. much energy there was, the pizzazz in the building, that, that the fans had, had risen to the challenge and... and Heated the the summoning from John Allen and Ron Rivera and others. Forget what was on the line. Just that game in and of itself, the first half was so disappointing when it was right there for them. I just wonder how much this one's going to linger, if at all, or are people properly evaluating like what was at stake that night in terms of the big picture here? I think it's a great question. I really do. And I am guilty of this. Because going into it, here's what I thought. I said this much on the show. I've said as much. I said as much on Twitter at Funny Danny Grant's at Grant H Paulson. I thought they would lose this game, and I thought they'd still make the playoffs. Because I think Seattle is falling apart. I don't think the Giants are going to win again. I think for whatever reason they play Washington well, they can't play anybody else well. They're going to lose. Did you sleep on the Lions? I, and I've said all along the two teams that are going to the postseason are Washington and Detroit. But you can't lose to the Giants and and, and get in over them. I don't. I mean, it'd be really, really hard unless you've got basically the Giants losing out after this. And I Washington think they're losing out. I think they are. So you think they're going to make the playoffs? I think the command. Yeah, I think Washington and Detroit will. Now I'm not as sure now as I was before that game because the reality's kind of hit me. But I'm guilty of it. Is my point? I've I've gone. Oh well, bummer that happened. I'm pissed about it. I'm not thrilled for all the reasons you uttered. But I think you're right because it's not the season ender. It's not the the, the game that's going to go into the off season where everybody thinks about it. And you know the general manager, aka Bruce, is you know isn't going to call it out two years later. But I think a lot of fans have gotten this right. I think you're right about this. This was the game, and here's why. In retrospect, now looking back at it, I'm more upset. I think I care about this part of it more than everybody else. Fully willing to admit that. 
this stuff that we've had all since the end of last year. Rivera's had this one theme, the rhetoric, the 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 feeling, the deal. That's why I was so mad at the one and four start. Year three. This is year three. Now, what a reasonable person would do is say, any any coach or GM or anybody that comes in and puts their stamp on an organization, you get a year where it's kind of a pass. Whatever happens, it happens, right? You purge the old, you figure out who you want, you build this thing up, and a couple years later, you should look up, and this should be in your image. This should be how you want it to be, right? You went and got your hand-picked quarterback, you got your hand-picked players, you let some high-priced guys go, you let some other guys go, but trust us, trust us, we know what we're doing. We've got a good group here. And you step forward, not just because the schedule is easy, not just because the division stinks, although it doesn't this year, it did in 2020, but because you're legit good, and they're not. Not only are they not that good, but they can't beat a team that has to wait to really start their purge and rebuild. Because the Giants are stuck with the Kenny Galladay's of the world and some other uh, uh, veterans that they, they probably want to move on from. They're in a similar spot, honestly, to where the Eagles were a couple years ago. When the Eagles were pulling Jalen Hurts and, and putting Nate Sudfeld in to make sure they lost the game. Except they won more at the start of the season because their coach is really good. And Saquon Barkley was running like it's four years ago. So they beat a bunch of people. They've won one time in the last month and a half. Talking about the Giants. Yeah, there's until just, Sunday night. Th- there wasn't a good reason to lose that game. I mean, they got sliced and diced by Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins. You know, Daniel Jones with no margin for error. Some small window throws. Intermediate. 8, 9, 10, 11 yards downfield. You can't lose that way. The right? Giants, sorry to cut you off. I just want to make this one last point. Their only win since October 23rd, October 23rd, was the Houston Texans, who they beat by a score. Mm. That's the one time they've won. And the only other team they've played tough is Washington. Like, th- that looks really, really bad. Really Now bad. you start to, to really examine it. Yeah, no doubt. And the Giants... So let me say this real quick. Yeah. For Danny's uh, prediction to come true, which is that they would get in and the Giants wouldn't, the only path to that is three losses for the Giants and three wins for the Commanders. That seems pretty unlikely, right? You got a 1 o'clock kick for the Giants against the Vikings on Christmas Eve. They could lose that game for sure. Minnesota, despite the fact that a lot of people don't feel like they're as good as their record, has won 11 of 14 games, and they're much better in Minneapolis. So let's say the Giants lose to the Vikings. They've got to either beat the Colts on New Year's Day at home or the Eagles on the road in Philly the final week of the season. May not have Jalen Hurts healthy and probably, honestly, will not have anything to play for at this point. It almost looks like as close to a certainty as you can find that the Eagles will have wrapped up the number one seed already. Now, they may still play starters for at least a quarter, maybe a half, maybe more, because they're going to have a bye. So do you really want to have all your guys sitting, then have a bye, and basically go three weeks between games? I would doubt Nick Sirianni would want to do that. So you might get starters for some of that game. But I don't know how they're going to lose to the Colts and the Eagles without starters in consecutive weeks where all they've got to do is win once and they get in. So I now am of the belief that the Giants are going to be in. I think it's hard for Washington to get in over them. So what you have to hope is that the Lions lay an egg. And as good as they've been, as dominant as they've looked at times on offense, it's the Lions. And you just have to hope that they're going to crumble under the pressure. They play the Panthers on the road this weekend in Charlotte. They host the Bears on New Year's Day. 
and then they are at the Packers to end the season. If Detroit goes two and one and Washington goes three and zero, oh, then you're fine because they're not catching you. The problem is, I think you and I both think they're going to lose to San Francisco this weekend, right? Yes. So then more likely, and still, this is not a lock, but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they bounce back after losing to San Francisco, whoever's at quarterback, and they beat the Browns and they beat the Cowboys, and maybe they'll get help without Dallas playing all their starters. That gets Washington to 9-7-1. and one. The Lions, if they go 2-1 and one the rest of the way, would be 9-8, and eight, and Washington would get in. So if you can win two of your next three, they would still get in over Detroit. They would still get in over Seattle if one of those two teams doesn't run the table. And therein lies the math, I think. Yeah, so you need help. You, you made it so that you had a sure thing, and now it's not sure. Now we're doing the dance that we do, you know, when this team is on the mediocre hamster wheel. But I think the Giants finish 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. I think they're going to lose out because they haven't beaten anybody except for Washington and Houston in, since October. They'll be done. <laughs> I think they're done. That's the Colts, too, at home. Yep. With your season on the line. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's going to be the story of the New York season. And that's what all the sports talk guys are going to yell about. That's what my buddy that's chirping me who's a Giants fan from college is going to be chirping about. That's what they're going to be upset about. They're going to lose all three of their games. If they win one, then you're not getting in over the Giants. So uh, we started by asking the question, though, like, was this loss to New York on Sunday night big picture symbolic or one of these losses that will linger for a long time? Because it's bad just for now. we just gone through all the scenarios. But to me, big picture, it's also bad. And if you'd split with them, you go, okay, division stuff, it happens. You, you couldn't get the first one, and then you had three weeks. Well, it, also, let's <laughs> yeah. just you, – you just pull back all the layers. It's your third year coaching a team, uh-huh. and you have now made multiple choices over off-seasons at quarterback, including trading for one, where you gave up $28 million in cap space and draft picks. And still, three years in, you're not making the playoffs. Like, that doesn't look good. I'm sorry. It just no. doesn't. Now, people will say, well, they made the playoffs once. They won the division his first year. That's a fake division title, with all due respect. I mean, it's a 7-9 and nine season. I had fun, too, but come on. I, I had a blast watching Heineke play against the Bucs. They got eliminated right away. But that they have they have been seven-win team twice before this year. They've been under five hundred. But I am going to reserve judgment about just how damaging the loss was this weekend and how big of a deal that game was until... I see what happens the rest of the way. Here's what I mean, Danny. Mm-hmm. If they finish strong and they go nine, seven, and one, and they go two and one, and they make the playoffs or don't, but from seven and ten to nine, seven, and one's a decent jump when you had to deal with an injury at quarterback, right? Yep. I think if they're nine, seven, and one, when I was predicting nine and eight, like I could feel okay about that at the end of the year. We'll kick ourselves about that Giants game and uh-huh. some of the other close losses. The Titans' goal line play is basically going to keep you out of the playoffs. But 9-7-1, and one, I think people can live with. That's a jump. That's a third-year progression. That's a step forward for this group. Now go iron some things out and get back after it next year. What if they don't, though? I mean, right now, they have seven that, wins yeah. for a third straight year. If it's eight, you know, if it stays at seven, I think you view it very differently. But let's take calls on this next, 800-636-1067, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. Just how big of a deal was Sunday night for you as it pertains to 
you know, the 10,000-foot view on this program under Rivera were Grant and Danny. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Ron, even with the loss of the Giants, I mean, you guys still control your own destiny. Uh, is there is there comfort in the fact that knowing it, it's still in your hands? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's a big part of, of, of the mentality that we have to take is that, you know, we've got to go out and we've got to play our best. We've got to give our best. Um, and we've got to get some things corrected and fixed and ready to go. I mean, we can't struggle in some of the areas that we have lately. Those things have to be addressed, and they are being addressed. We've talked about them, um, and there's an emphasis on it. Um, you know, and it, it's unfortunate that, you know, that, that it got us on, on Sunday night. I mean, you know, I, I know what happened in the fourth quarter happened, but when you get opportunities to, to, to convert, you've got to do that. That's Ron Rivera. We're Grant and Danny, and you're listening to The Fan. So you mentioned last segment, Danny, that you had them in the playoffs even though they lost to the Giants. Mm-hmm. This is something we talked about and took calls on last week as a show. We both agreed they'd still get in, and I still think they will also Although it's starting to look a little slimmer. I mean, it's tighter. They don't really have any margin. Yeah, you're relying on help. Absolutely. It's no longer up to you. Well, uh, they technically control their own destiny because they are in right now. And if they don't get any help, but they win their next three games, they remain in the playoffs. I suppose, yes. But but your point is they're going to lose to San Francisco possibly. Uh-huh. And now you need help. I would just say to people, hang with them. You know, if, if they lose to San Fran, and that's not a guarantee, by the way. Can we stop acting like Brock Purdy is, is unbeatable? I mean, they're playing a quarterback who was the last pick in the draft. You have a great defense with an exceptional defensive line. If they go out and just dominate the game, they could beat San Francisco. There's no reason that they shouldn't be able to at least hang in that game against Brock Purdy. But realistically, you lose that game. The Lions are going to beat the Panthers. And I think because everyone sees Detroit can leapfrog them by beating Carolina this week, there is now this fear that, oh my gosh, they're not going to make the playoffs. But the Lions basically have to run the table if Washington can just beat the Browns and maybe a starterless Cowboys team. Now, I'm not telling you that it's a lock, but like a Browns loss at home with the playoffs largely on the line, there's your, oh my God, what's going on here with this group? 
See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the Giants game, that was going to be the biggest of your year and will end up having been the most significant game of the season because of what was at stake for both teams. You went in tied. The game was worth basically two because of the first tie. But if they just beat the Browns and the Cowboys, they're probably getting in. I mean, you look at the math right now. There's a site I really like, playoffstatus.com. They've got Washington getting in at a 44% clip. They've got the Lions getting in at a 43% clip. A lot of these analytics sites are now saying, well, Washington's chances are, and people look at it and it's below 50%, so they're mm-hmm. going, oh, they're screwed. Well, so are the other teams, right? I mean, unless you think the Lions will not lose any of their last three games. Possible, but I would say not extremely likely. Washington just got to win two, man. I mean, Seattle, I think, has probably the hardest road ahead. I don't know where you're at on that, Danny. Yeah. But Seattle has Kansas City this weekend. They Jets, have I think. The Jets at 7-7, seven and seven, who are desperate and playing for the playoffs. And then the Rams at 4-10. and 10. So let's say that the Seahawks go two and one, okay? Seattle is seven and seven. That gets them to nine and eight. Washington going two and one gets them to nine, seven, and one. It still beats Seattle. They beat, they win twice. They almost certainly should be fine. But that means beating Cleveland. That means beating Dallas. That's right. And this is sort of a again, a a this team, this era they're in with Ron Rivera in charge of all the things. They don't do it the easy way, right? There's no start off pretty well, play pretty well, and pretty well. There's no like, we'll win two out of every three games and end up at 10 and six. It's not what they do. It's a it's streakiness. It's up and down. It's undulation. It's back against the wall stuff. It's we've got to pull together. And, you know, and that's always to reverse credit to a degree that he's able to rally the troops when it's bleak. When they're one and four and they can't move the ball against Chicago and can't score, it should be a bad time. And yet, here they are. They win that game, and of course it starts a run because that's what Rivera's always able to do, pull these guys up by the bootstraps, get a rallying cry going, throw in a rock at the wall, everything we need in this room, catchphrase, finger guns, let's go to let's go to work on Wednesday. I wish we had something cool this year, like throwing the rock against the wall. I liked that last year. Let's go to Mark and Largo to get it started. Mark, you're on G&D. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? What's up, buddy? Great to talk to you guys. Um... I do think this weekend could be a bad weekend uh, if they stick with Taylor the entire time. But I'm going to tell you something. I think this is a gut check time for Carson Wentz. And I think, unlike Taylor, I think for Carson Wentz, and, and, and I said this on the Junkies a couple of days ago, I think if they play the same game plan and they open up and do big plays when they're down by two touchdowns, they can come back and win this game on Saturday. And when they do that, I think they could run the tape. Um, because if they play the same type of game plan in which you're you're pounding the ball and then Carson's using play action passes to get to get the ball to these great receivers. Grant, you've been talking about this for, for months. And you're correct. Okay. But I think we can't lie to ourselves to know. We couldn't get to the playoffs last year with Taylor Heineke. Ron knows it, Scott knows it. I think a lot of people know that. You're going to have to put Carson back in there Saturday when they probably get down by two touchdowns. And when they do that, I think he will play because this is put up a shut-up time for him. This is his last chance of being a starting quarterback in the league. Yeah, he probably won't yeah. get another one. Happy holidays, Mark. Thanks for calling, buddy. Appreciate you. If we don't talk to you again, I probably won't because I'm uh, off the next couple of days. But 
I know San Francisco has been a buzzsaw here recently. It, look, we're all just counting this game as a loss. I don't know that it has to be that lopsided. I mean, they beat the Saints 13 to nothing a few weeks ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was before Jimmy G got injured, by the way. Uh, Brock Purdy has played really well. They beat Tampa Bay by you know, 28, 35-7. The Seahawks game is misleading because the final score was 21-13. They had a pick six taken off the board. They would have made it 28-13. They missed a field goal as well. Might have been a 31-13 game. I'm not telling you they're not playing great. But we see this every week in the NFL where the team comes out flat. Weird stuff happens. Inexplicably, the Texans take the Chiefs to overtime or hang with the Cowboys. This is the kind of game they should be competitive in. I don't think they should win it. It's the first time in about seven weeks. I don't think they should win the game they're playing. They're playing a better team than them. But they've been beaten by a couple teams that are not as good as them. You know, and you can reverse that fortune. But I just think that regardless of this weekend, even though the Giants win, all you got to do is win one. Now you're going to have to get those last two games, and you probably get where you want to go. But we're taking calls. There's a couple open. We're going to hit them hard. It'll be you guys next. So we will uh, get to the calls at 800 at 636-1067. Question being, are we not spending enough time? We're not focusing enough on how big a deal this Giants loss was because there's still stuff ahead of them to play for. But revisiting it, what it means in the big picture, what it means for this year, is this one of those losses that we're going to remember for some time? Not quite the 2017 end-of-season game where they lost to the Giants, ironically. But is it something along those lines? And I also want to multitask on, are you still of the belief that we are that they will get in by winning two out of three? Because in your case, you think the Giants go 0-3. Yep. I, I don't. I think they're in. But I think the Lions lose one. And at that point, you're 2-1, you get in. Then that's that. G&D on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.